The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning, I'm Pastor Chris. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. Great to have you with us today. Man, we had an unbelievably awesome uh, Easter weekend here at Coastal uh, last, uh, last weekend. We had five services over the two days, two on Saturday, three on Sunday. Uh, you know, pr- prior to this past weekend, our record attendance um, uh, for Easter, which of course it was uh, last year, 1,217. Uh, this year, uh, we had 1,606, so um, that's pretty cool. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, so, oh, that doesn't matter, it's just a number. Well, you know, those numbers represent people, uh, real, real people, real lives, and uh, we're so glad that uh, they chose to come and worship with us. And uh, if you're watching online this morning, uh, welcome, we're glad to have you uh, as well. Hey, one other little thing I want to kind of uh, pitch this morning or kind of uh, bring to your attention, um, and, and really just last Sunday or last weekend, I'm reminded of this, I'm reminded of this all the time, but especially when we have big events and things where it requires a lot of people working hard uh, to pull it off. We have phenomenal uh, volunteers here at Coastal. I mean, we really couldn't do what we do without without them. And uh, in, what's the date? It's in, in your bulletin. I didn't bring it up here with me. What is it? May the 10th. Uh, we have a volunteer appreciation uh, banquet. And so if you serve in any capacity here at Coastal, whether that's our life teams or our life groups, uh, if you're a volunteer, come. And uh, you can go ahead and let us know that you're coming because we're going to feed you really, really well. Uh, we're going to have a night of worship a little bit. And then I'm going to share a little bit about what's going to be happening uh, this summer and this fall. And uh, we like to give our volunteers kind of the, you know, the first uh, shot of knowing what's going on. And, uh, but it's our way of thanking you, feeding you, uh, just, just thanking you for all that you do. So make sure you uh, sign up for that today uh, on the back of your Connect card. Uh, I'm excited to be here today because we're continuing on in this series. Uh, that we started last weekend, Easter weekend, called This is Jesus. And uh, every week during this series, we're going to be wrestling with the same question that Jesus asked his disciples almost 2,000 years ago. Who do you say that I am? In other words, what do you really believe about Jesus? And uh, your answer to that question uh, is going to determine the quality of your life. Uh, here and now, but also it's going to determine where you spend eternity. Uh, I really believe it's the most important question you're ever going to be asked. Who do you say that Jesus is? Now, last week, we looked at Jesus as our Messiah, the Savior. We talked about how Jesus came to forgive us of our sins, uh, to be the Savior of the world, your Savior, my Savior. Well, this week, I want us to take a look at Jesus as our provider, our provider, the one who meets our needs. So let, let me ask you a question. I want you to think about this. You might even maybe take some notes or jot some things down. Um, what needs do you have today? What needs did you come here with today? What burdens are you carrying? What needs do you have? Uh, in fact, in 1943, um, American psychologist Abraham Maslow outlined what he called the hierarchy of human needs that are common to all, all people. Now, if you took a psychology class uh, in high school or freshman year of college, you, you probably are familiar at, at, at some level with this, okay? You can see the graphic up on the screen, and, and it shows uh, the five levels of human needs. Now, according to Maslow, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, uh, you share these same common 
needs. Now, as I kind of work our way up through this pyramid, I want you to see if it helps kind of helps you a little bit identify where some of your greatest needs are today, this morning, okay? So we're going to start at the bottom of the pyramid. Uh, these are the most fundamental needs, and we're going to kind of work our way um, uh, higher up, okay? So the most fundamental needs that we all have are physiological needs, right? Uh, talking about, you know, survival, uh, air, food, water, shelter. Now, if, if you don't get these needs met, by the way, um, you know, we're, we're not even uh, talking about the higher level needs. Um, you know, in other words, you've, you've got to get these needs met first before you can talk about kind of the upper level needs. So, you know, first of all, do I have enough to survive? But then comes the, these safety needs. In other words, do I feel secure? Am, am I in a safe environment? Are the things that I need provided to help me feel that sense of security? Now, um, as we move up the pyramid, we're getting to some of the, the higher level needs that we have. This next one is the needs of love and belonging. Okay, this is like, you know, friendship, intimacy, relationships. And then next we go to this next level of the needs of esteem. You know, needs of self-worth, your, your identity. In other words, when you, when you look in the mirror, um, you know, are you happy with the person you see staring back at you? Okay? Now, according to Maslow, the highest level needs are what he calls self-actualization. In other words, am I reaching my full potential? A am I living out, you know, my ultimate purpose in life? Do, do I have a fulfilling life? Now, again, here's the interesting thing about this, this pyramid of needs. I can't think about reaching my full potential if I don't have a place to live. You know, I, you know, I can't really think about liking the person in the mirror if I don't feel safe and secure. You can't, you have to take care of your basic needs before you begin to think about some of these higher level needs. But the point is, everybody in this room, you know, we all have these needs and, I'll go even a step further, sometimes we do all sorts of things to try to meet these needs, sometimes even unhealthy things. In other words, it's possible that people will, will sacrifice some of their higher level needs to make sure that their low, lower level needs are being met. In fact, I've known people who have stayed in you know, abusive relationships or they've sacrificed their self-worth because they wanted, to feel, they wanted to meet these needs of love and belonging. But the thing is, you and I can can meet some of our needs on our own. We can. You have the ability to meet a lot of these needs on your own, but you can't meet all of them. And then, you know, other people can come into your life and they can meet some of those needs, but they can't meet all of them. And then I'll make an argument that there's only one person that you can trust to meet all of your needs and all of these needs, and his name is Jesus. From, from your very basic level needs of survival to discovering your purpose to reaching your full potential. And so today, I want us to talk about how Jesus can meet all of our, all of our needs. This is Jesus. He is our provider. Now, to do that, I want us to look at a really cool story that happens to be found in all four of the Gospels. Okay, so anytime you find a story that's found in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know that it must be an important story. So this one's found in all four. And I want us to look at it from the book of Matthew. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along. If not, it's on the screen, and it's on your outline. Beginning in Matthew 14, verse 14. It says this, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them. 
and healed their sick. Now, stop there just for a second. The first thing I want you to notice here is that Jesus was a man of compassion. You know, when he saw people, he saw them as they were, as they really were. He saw their needs, and he begins by meeting their needs. In fact, he begins by meeting their, their lowest level needs, their physical needs. He was healing the sick. You know, again, sometimes we, we try to go, you know, and meet people's deepest needs first, and they're worried about kind of these lower level needs. Well, it's interesting, Jesus starts right there with these people. Verse 15, that evening the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and uh, it's already getting late, so send the crowds away so they can go to the village and buy some food for themselves. But Jesus said, well, that isn't necessary. You feed them. Now, the disciples were beginning to sweat. You know, they're here, they got this big crowd, there's a lot of people, and there's no food, okay? This was not a covered dish dinner, not a potluck, nobody brought anything. And so they identified this need, again, a physical need, but their answer was, hey, y'all go back home, you know, hit Chick-fil-A, whatever, y'all go fend for yourselves, and then come back. Now Jesus says, no. We're not going to do that. You see, I am the provider. I'm going to meet this need. Verse 17. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. So they look at Jesus and they say, Jesus, we don't have enough. There's no way. This is all we can find. But look at how Jesus replies. Verse 18. Bring them here. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. So they didn't have take-home boxes like we always have, you know. Uh, but they had a lot of leftover food. And then it says this, about 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. Now, what's amazing about this story is that limited resources are not a limitation for Jesus. Okay, limited resources are not a limitation for Jesus. Jesus took a handful of resources and he meets everybody's needs. Now, my point is this morning is that with Jesus, there, there's always enough. With Jesus, there's always enough. Now, what I want you to know is that Jesus can meet your needs too. You see, whatever you came in here with today, Whatever needs that you have. And listen, I know some of your stories. I don't know all of your stories. And some of you came in here carrying a mighty heavy burden. Whatever you came in here worried about, whatever unmet needs you might have, okay? Whether that's a physical need, you know, like your health, a security need, like making rent, a, a, a relational need like finding someone special in your life, or even a higher level need, like discovering your purpose. The point I want to make today, the Jesus that I want you to see today, is that Jesus, the provider, can meet all of your needs if, if you'll trust him. But you got to make five critical decisions, okay? 
Five choices you can make. Here's the first one. I must bring my needs to Jesus. I must bring my needs to Jesus. You see, for Jesus to even meet your needs, you first got to bring them to him. Now, I know that sounds pretty simple. But often, when we have a need, you know what? We don't bring it to Jesus, at least not at first. You know, instead of bringing it to Jesus, the first thing we do is we kind of, you know, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, we take control, and we try to fix it ourselves. And then if we can't fix it, you know, we take it to a friend. If the friend can't take it, fix it, we take it to a family member. If a family member can't, you know, fix it, we Google it, right? Probably most of you Google it first or you WebMD it, right? That's dangerous. But that's what we do. Now, what usually happens is we end up overwhelmed, exhausted, disappointed, and sometimes disillusioned. Now, it's usually then, at that point, after all the other options have failed, when we are desperate and at the end of our rope, we basically say, well, I guess the only option that I have now is to what? Pray. You know, to to bring it to Jesus. Now, think about that for a second. Okay, so we have access to the one who fed over 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, and yet we come to him, you know, as a last resort. A last resort. Now listen, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you and I looking, actively looking for a solution. But first, you know, before you do anything else, you bring your need to Jesus. You, you talk to him. You, you tell him your problem. You let him guide you. Now, go back to our story. Jesus' disciples, they saw a need and they decided, hey, we're going to fix this on our own. You know, we're going to come up with a solution. We got between five and 10,000 hungry people. It says 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So it could be up to 10,000 hungry people. So let's send them away to fend for themselves. But Jesus says, no, listen, I am the provider. I'm going to meet this need. Now, at at that moment, honestly, they probably thought Jesus was crazy. Jesus, I mean, again, don't you see, we only have five loaves and two fish. There's over like 10,000 people here. But I want you to look at what Jesus says in verse 18. Going back to our story, Jesus said this. Bring them here. Bring what you have. Jesus is saying, bring your need to me. Now what if when we have a need, we went to God first? What if bringing our needs to Jesus wasn't just an afterthought? Wasn't just a last-ditch effort? What if instead it was your first instinct? Listen, Jesus loves you. He created you. He understands what your needs are. He actually wants to meet your needs. And he is the one with unlimited resources. He is the one who has complete control over everything. He can handle whatever the need is. Bring your need to Jesus first and trust him. If you're facing a health need, 
Bring it to Jesus. If you're struggling in your marriage, bring it to Jesus. When you do that, when we do that, listen, I want you to see what God promises in his word. Psalm 55, 22, listen to this. Give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. Bring your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. Bring your needs to him. What need do you need to bring to Jesus today? Again, when you came in here today, my guess is you came in here with some sort of need. You know, in fact, it it was something that that you've been thinking about. And maybe, in fact, it's something you've been praying about. Maybe, Maybe it's what you were lying awake in your bed last night, looking up at the ceiling, thinking about. In fact, here's what I want you to do for me today. Everybody take out your Connect card. Ryan referenced our Connect card earlier, and I want you to go ahead and start filling that out. I want you to flip over your Connect card, and on the back, underneath, on the bottom where it says prayer request, I want you to write down your need, a need that you have. And I know some of you think, eh, this is not that, not that big of a deal. I don't want to bother Jesus with this. No. What did Jesus say? Bring it here. Bring it to me. In fact, by you writing it down, I think it's your way of saying, you know what, Jesus, today, I'm going to bring this to you first. You know, will will you help me with this need? Now, no one is going to see this other than the pastors and the prayer team here. But we want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. Bring your need to Jesus. Now, here's the second critical decision I think we have to make. Remain thankful to Jesus during my time of need i got to remain thankful during this time of need. Now, I'll be honest with you. I think this is the one where we struggle with the most. Because it is hard to be thankful, especially when you have this big need in your life where you perceive it's not being met. I mean, again, it, you know, it's easy to be thankful when everything's going your way. But when money is running out, when the business is going down, when you have a parent in the hospital, when you feel all alone, it's not easy to be thankful, is it? But the Bible says, actually, that's exactly the time that it's most important for you to remain thankful during this time of need. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Listen to this. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now notice, it does not say, be thankful for all circumstances. That's very different. It says be thankful in. In other words, you don't have to, I I think what he's saying here is that you don't have to be thankful for the problems in your life. You know, you don't have to be thankful for the suffering that you're going through. You don't have to be thankful for the cancer. God takes no joy in your pain. What he's saying is, though, I think is be thankful in all circumstances, in the middle of all circumstances, whether things are going well, whether they're going terribly, remain thankful. Now, how do you do that? Well, I think the way to be thankful in tough times is to realize that despite the trouble that you're facing, you still have something to be thankful for. You know, no no matter your circumstances, even if life isn't perfect, you can always give thanks for something. You see, when you're thankful for what you do have, man, that's when God steps in. When you're thankful for what you do have, that's, where you, that's when God gives you his peace. When you're thankful for his, his strength, you know, that, that's when God gives you the help that you need. So, let me ask you a question. What can you pause and be thankful for today? 
Now again, I know some of you are going through some tough times. What, what, what are you currently going through and what can you still be thankful for? Maybe, maybe the message for you today is, you know what, i got to take a moment and i got to recognize that and I need to be thankful. And then number three, I keep bringing my needs to Jesus. Now I know what some of you might be thinking, Pastor Chris, you just got finished saying, you know, bring my needs to Jesus and now you're telling me, keep bringing my needs to Jesus. You know, what gives? Well, we live in a broken world and there are times in all of our lives when it feels like our needs are not being met. When it feels like our prayers are not being answered. When the marriage isn't getting better. When the addiction is still raging. When the loneliness won't stop. And, and we think to ourselves, well, you know, if Jesus promises to meet my needs, why? Why am I still struggling in this area? Why isn't it getting any better? Now, I don't have all the answers to that question. But I do know that Jesus promises that if I trust him, that if I put him first in my life, that he will provide for my needs. Now, also keep in mind, one, sometimes our needs are very different from our wants. And secondly, keep in mind that sometimes God doesn't meet our needs the way we expect him to do it. And then sometimes he doesn't meet our needs on our timetable. But he always meets them when we trust him. Let me tell you what you can't do. When you're praying about something, you're asking God for something, and you don't get it right away. In your timetable, in your way, what you can't do under any circumstances is just to stop asking. You know, sometimes when God doesn't meet a need or answer it right away or the way that we think he ought to, we assume he's not going to do it. We just really quickly give up and assume, well, this must not be God's will, and so we give up and we stop praying about it. You know, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus tells another story about someone uh, who goes uh, to a neighbor's house late at night. And evidently, this guy had some company over, and uh, they run out of bread. Okay, so late at night, they go uh, next door, and they knock on the neighbor's door. The neighbor comes out and says, uh, he says, hey, do you have some bread that we can have? And the neighbor's like, are you crazy? You know, do you know what time it is? I'm in bed. Go back to bed. Leave me alone. And then Jesus says this. He basically says, but if you keep knocking at the door, if you keep knocking at the door, eventually they're going to get up and they're going to give you that bread just so that you'll leave them alone and they can go back to sleep. Now, after he tells them that story, he says this. Listen to these words. And so I tell you, now, what are the next two words? And, and so I tell you what? What does he say with the next two words? Keep on. And so I tell you, keep on what? Asking. And you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who seeks, finds. And the door is open to everyone who knocks. In fact, do me a favor, turn to your neighbor right now, the person sitting next to you, and say, keep on. Say that right now. Keep on. Jesus says, keep on. Don't give up. Don't stop praying. Keep on bringing your needs to Jesus. In fact, Jesus, I think, is giving us permission here to shamelessly be persistent about our needs. 
The point is, sometimes I think we give up on things way too easily. And you know what I think we're, we're showing God? It's really not that important. You know, it's really, really not that big a deal because we give up on it. Sometimes, you know, whether it's your marriage or your career or your finances, you know, sometimes even your relationship with God, we tend to give up. We tend to give up when things get hard. But I think the message here is we need to be persistent. Don't get discouraged. Listen, when you keep bringing that need to Jesus, you are telling him, you know what, this is important, and you are my father, and I am your child, and I don't understand everything, but I'm going to keep on. You're, you're proving that you are relying on God. You're proving that you're not relying on someone else. You're coming to him first to meet your needs. For some of you, man, you may be going through something, and you've asked God to provide a need, and he hasn't, and you're discouraged. But I think what Jesus is saying to you today is keep asking, keep looking, keep knocking. Even if you don't get what you want, trust that God is always going to give you what you need. Then, just as important, number four, I celebrate. I celebrate when Jesus meets my needs. I celebrate. I have a party. I'm thankful. I acknowledge that Jesus is the provider and it came through him. In Luke chapter 17, there's another story. Very fascinating. Uh, Jesus has a very fascinating encounter with these 10 sick men who are, who are sick with leprosy. Now, we pick up the story in Luke 17, 13. Listen to this. As he entered a village there, 10 lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. By the way, stop right there just for a second. The word master there in the Greek, it's the word for provider. Provider. In other words, what they're saying, the reason it's translated master is because Jesus, you are in control of everything. You are the master, the provider of everything. Have mercy on us. Now, first of all, leprosy was a nasty, nasty, incurable skin disease that was very contagious. It, it made these men outcasts. That's why they were standing at a distance. They were outcasts from their family, from, from all society. They, they lived outside of the city gate. But I want you to notice here, they know who Jesus is. They, they believe, they've heard, and they believe that Jesus can heal them, that he can meet their needs. And they were right. Jesus heals all 10 of these lepers. They're completely cured. Again, it's a great example of Jesus meeting these lower level needs, these physiological needs, and then going to something deeper than that. But he had compassion on them, a group of people that nobody else would even be around. Nobody else would want to touch. They're completely cured. But then something very interesting and, and kind of sad happens next. You would think that these, these guys, that all of them would be so grateful to Jesus for healing them. I mean, it just turned their world upside down. All of a sudden, they can go back to their families, back into society. But of the 10 men that were healed, only one, only one paused long enough to say thank you. Look what happens. It says this. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God? In other words, Jesus is saying, hey, where did everybody go? 
And then it says, and Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. You know, sometimes when Jesus meets a need in our lives that we've been praying about, I think sometimes we're just like the nine lepers here. I think sometimes we forget that we even took a need to Jesus in the first place. We forget that he provided for us. We forget that he came through for us. And when we just kind of go on with our lives, like nothing happened, that God didn't do a miracle. You know, it was just good luck, or, you know, we kind of pulled it through with our own ingenuity, you know, and, and we never stop. And, and, we, and we never say thank you. But listen, it's important that we celebrate with Jesus when he meets the need. Because you know what happens when, when you come back, when you go back to God, when you go back to Jesus and you say thank you, you're recognizing that Jesus is the one who did it. Let me ask you a question. What can you celebrate with Jesus in your life today? What need has Jesus met in your life that maybe, just maybe, you really haven't paused long enough to say thank you? Whatever it was, whatever that need that was met, would you stop today for just a moment and to say thank you? Listen, don't, don't be like the nine ungrateful lepers who never stopped. Be like the one, you know, who recognized what Jesus did and, and who came to him and thanked him for it. I think we just, we just go on with our lives really quickly, and we're on to the next need and the next need, and we never stop long enough to give thanks to the one who did it. And then finally... Maybe the most important choice we have to make is if we want Jesus to meet our needs, number five, I offer my entire life to Jesus. I offer my entire life to him. You know, when, when Jesus fed the 5,000, I don't want you to overlook a very important part of the story. Now, again, remember who Jesus is. He is the creator. He is the Lord of all. Very easily, Jesus could have just fed everyone out of nothing. I mean, he has the ability to make something out of nothing. But that's not what Jesus does in the story. Instead, Jesus says, I want you to bring me what little you have. I want you to bring me what little you have. Now, I think it's the same for us. Before Jesus meets the need in your life, he wants you to bring him what little you have. In fact, I think Jesus is saying it. Hey, bring it all. Everything that you got, you bring it to me right now. Whether, whether you're rich, you're poor, abundant or scarce, happy or sad, you bring me what you do have and I will bless it, I will multiply it, I will meet your need. Many of us, we want Jesus to meet our needs, but we are withholding from him what we currently have. Here's what I want you to understand. When I don't trust Jesus and I hold back areas of my life from him, I'm not going to receive God's blessing. Jesus said it this way in Mark 8, 35. If you try to hang on to your life, you will what? What's he say? You will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. What Jesus is saying is whatever you offer to him, he blesses. 
But whatever you hold back from him, whatever you keep hanging on to, ultimately, he says, you're going to lose it. Listen, this is so practical. You want Jesus to bless you financially, but you hold on to your money and you don't honor him with it. Jesus can't meet your needs in that area. You want Jesus to bless you with a great relationship. Let me say, some of you are single in the room, some of you are watching are single. You want Jesus to bless your relationship, but you don't honor him in the relationships that you already have. You know, you want Jesus to bless your career, but you don't put him first place in your career. He is not. He is not going to bless the area of your life that you're holding back from him. If there's a need that you have in your life right now, listen, you better be giving God first place in that, that area. Listen, way before Dr. Maslow created this pyramid, this hierarchy of human needs, let me tell you something. God already knew what your greatest needs were going to be. He sent his son Jesus into the world to be the one who meets your needs, the master, the provider. Our physical needs, listen, Jesus fed the 5,000. He healed the 10 lepers. He's going to feed you. He's going to heal you. Our, our need to be loved Jesus loves you so much that he gave his life for you on the cross. He created the church so that you could have a family that loves you and you could have those healthy relationships. Your need to make a difference, Jesus is the one who gives you a mission. He gives you a purpose in this life. Here at Coastal, we call it sharing and experiencing the life and the love of Jesus with Charleston and the world. You want a mission? You want a purpose greater than yourself? Hey, you serve. You serve Jesus by serving this world. Join us in Summer of Impact. Join us for Saturday Serve. Our need to be secure once you give your life to Jesus, once you belong to him, not one thing, not one person can ever rip you out of his hands. God wants to meet all of your needs. Whatever need you have today, bring it to Jesus. Bring it to him. Be thankful. Give him your entire life. What little you think you have, you give it to him. And when you do, you get this promise from God. Listen to this. I want to close with this verse. Matthew 6, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. You see, listen. This, this is Jesus. He can meet all of your needs. Listen, your greatest need your greatest need is a Savior. We talked about that in great lengths last, last weekend, Easter weekend. Jesus came into this world. His primary mission was one of Messiah, Savior. And I don't know where you're, at, where you're at right now. I don't know your story. But listen, you're not here today by accident or mistake. And maybe God has been drawing you to himself. And, and today is the day where you come home to him. Listen, you, you can come exactly the way you are right now. You know what religion says? Religion says, no, 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 you can't. You see, you're not good enough. You've got to clean up your life first. You've got to get all the stuff out of your life. And then maybe, just maybe, you'll be good enough where you can, you know, very, you know, uh, you know approach God, you know, out of fear. Listen, no. 
The point is, you can't be good enough. God already knew that. And so he sent his son Jesus to be the perfect sacrifice for all of our sin. He already accomplished everything that needs to take place. He's taken the first step. He's just waiting on you. He's waiting on you just to admit that you need a Savior. He's waiting on you to say, you know what? I turn my back on all that, and I turn in faith toward Christ. And I want to put my hope and trust in Him and Him alone. Not me, but in Him. And if you'll do that, He'll meet your need for forgiveness. He'll meet your need for purpose and fulfillment and security. You will be a child of the King. His son, his daughter, forever. And you can have all of that more today. But it's, it, he's waiting on you to step out in faith. Why not take that step today? Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus, our provider. God, sometimes we... Um, we live this life so busy and so unfocused that we forget that everything we have comes from you. And that you are a loving, loving father that wants to meet the needs of his children. Just like anybody in this room who has, is a parent, you, you have this desire, this innate desire to meet the needs of your children. That comes from God. Listen, today, I don't know what needs you came into this room with, but God does. Bring them to him. Bring them to him. Keep on bringing them to him. Be thankful in the circumstance that you find yourself right now. Keep coming back. Trust God to meet your needs. Your greatest need today is a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's forgiveness. Listen, come to him right here and right now. And just in, in humble uh, gratitude, just pray something like this today. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to come home. God, today I admit it. I have blown it. I have walked away from you. I have I've made a mess of things. Today, Father, I believe. I believe that Jesus is my Savior. I believe that He is your Son. And I ask Him to come into my life to forgive me of my sin. And now, Father, for the rest of my days, I just want to follow Jesus. I put all of my trust and my hope in Him and Him alone. And if you pray that prayer this morning, if you pray that in your heart, Listen, the Bible says that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You have been adopted into God's forever family. And maybe you're here today and, and, and you are a believer, but you've not yet, you've got some needs in your life that quite, quite frankly, you keep trying to, trying to fix everything on your own. Listen, go to God. He loves you. He wants to hear from you. He wants to guide and direct you, and he wants to meet your needs. Maybe today the message for you was to be grateful, to be thankful, not for the pain, but to be thankful in it. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for Jesus. And I pray that we would see him today clearly as our provider. 
We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.